0: Hi, listeners. Welcome to the Grief Out Loud podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Janita DeChristofaro and wanted to give you just a little heads up as you listen to this episode, you'll be hearing references to our old name, which was Dear Dougie. So just so you don't get too confused, you're listening to the right podcast and we look forward to bringing you even more great content under the Grief Out Loud name. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Dougie podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Jana DeCristofaro, and thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is meant to open up the often avoided conversation about grief. While we all experience loss during our lives, when it occurs, most of us don't know what to do, how to feel, or how to talk about it. So whether you're grieving a loss or wanting to support someone who is, we're here to talk about and explore what matters the most to you. Joan Schweizerhoff is back again today. Hi Joan. Hi Jana. So while so many of our podcasts are really geared towards parents, caregivers, family members who are trying to help support a child or a teen or support themselves through a death, today Joan and I really wanted to sit down and and talk about how does it affect a school when a death occurs. So whether it's the death of a student or a death of a teacher or someone else that's really closely connected to the school community. We're going to cover five things for school administrators to really be thinking through if a death occurs. Thank you, Joan, for being here today. Thank you. And I also want to just point people to a couple of resources that we have. We'll put them in the show notes. But we have a DVD out there called Supporting the Grieving Student. And it highlights three different schools who dealt with the death of a teacher, a student, and a student who had a family member die. Really helpful DVD to watch. You can find it on our website. And then we have two guidebooks that might be helpful to have on hand. One is When Death Impacts Your School, A Guide for School Administrators, and the other one is Helping the Grieving Student, A Guide for Teachers. So again, I'll link to those in our show notes today. Joan, when we were talking, it seemed like the top five things for school administrators to think through are, how are you going to get the news out that somebody has died? And that involves oftentimes talking with the family. How do you deal with the first couple of days back at school? And then thinking about what type of memorial activities the school may or may not decide to engage in, and then looking at the broader population of the students, like how do we look out for kids who might be at risk for needing additional help, and then looking at just what are the ongoing support services that as a school you can be providing both in the short term and the long term. So let's start with the first one, delivering the news. From your experience, what's kind of the first step when you find out that there is a death,
1: the school administrator really needs to find out as much detail as possible. What really happened, not From secondhand information but first-hand information finding out from the family or the representative of the family. Once they gather all that information you want to figure out how you are going to present it to the teachers and to the students. One of the complications that happens sometimes is when talking with the families they are not wanting person to uh, talk about the cause of death or share the cause of death with the students and although it's important to respect the adults in terms of their they're thinking around that, it's also really important to have a conversation with them about the information, which is that kids and teens, especially with social media these days, know things probably uh, before you even know the information. And if you choose to share information that may be not complete, Uh, or
0: inaccurate, they're going to know you're not giving them the truth. It can create a whole other host of um, situations that need to be attended to if kids are having to navigate what they've heard and what they're being told and if there's a discrepancy in those stories. And just to clarify, we're talking specifically about if a student dies or a teacher or um, a staff member at the school. It's a little bit different when it's been a student's family member who has died and that's a whole other podcast. That's another podcast. Just to remember, that's what we're talking about today.
1: So an example that that, that I've had was um, the parents were really reluctant to talk about how their um, student had died. And she had uh, jumped from um, a building, but what they said they wanted shared is that she fell from the building. And the students were very angry because they said, why are they saying that? She jumped. We all know that she jumped. Why are they saying that she fell? So, it it added that complication for them to try to not only deal with the death of this student that was uh, very close to them, but also why the adults are not giving them accurate information and that, no, is
0: true. Right. So, if you're talking with the family and trying to, it's a very emotional time and a very kind of tricky situation, but to help the family think through those different ramifications of telling a story that might not be accurate and it it seems to come up the most with the deaths that have a little bit more, or a lot more, social stigma to them. So a suicide death, or an overdose death, or a drunk driving crash seems to be, in general, where a lot of that can come up. And we will also have a whole other podcast conversation about what to do in a school setting when a death like that occurs. But keep in mind that all the things that we share today will be relevant no matter what the cause of death. So here you are, you've got the information, going to share it with the school community. What are some other tips for how to get that news out? What hopefully has happened is that
1: um, your school already has a plan in place that says this is when a death occurs in our school community this is what we do and if that isn't um, part of your plan um, I would strongly suggest that you put a plan in place. But believing that the plan is in place you want to follow that and the usual Next step is to get the information out to the faculty. Oftentimes the school administrator will work with the school counselor around how to best get that information out. So oftentimes there's phone trees or there's email information where teachers can get information pretty directly so that you have the teachers not walking into the school finding out that information but having the information before they come. And then from
0: there, it's reaching out to the families to share with them news that will be shared with their kids in school, um, which seems particularly important in an elementary school situation where this may be the first time kids are hearing about a death or what that might mean. I know a lot of schools will send a letter out um, or an email these days, letters take too long to get there, but to send an email out or if it's a smaller school to call families to let them know. And I'm thinking too in those emails it's helpful to put in information about community support resources for parents themselves and caregivers if they're wondering how to talk with their kids when their kids come home from school. So maybe you put in the local crisis line number or you put in the number of your local kids in grief program.
1: And I think that in that letter also it's helpful to have some examples of what you might expect from your child so that they're not surprised if the child reacts in a way that they aren't anticipating.
0: And even a line or two of normalizing for the adults what they might be feeling, right? Because for so many adults, they get that letter and maybe a child died or a parent died and then they're imagining what would that be like for me and my family mom could be super emotional and kid comes home from school and is like I don't want to talk about it and mom doesn't have anywhere to go so giving suggestions for how the adults can be taking care of themselves in that situation and then it comes to telling the students themselves so seems to me like a lot of schools have had success with sitting down with the kids for the first period of the day maybe sitting in a circle or gathering together and having the teacher or maybe um, a counselor or an administrator that is assigned to each one of those first period classes to deliver the news and and give time and space for questions, concerns that are coming up for kids. Are there other things that you would make sure you'd add?
1: I think that, that we've, I've found that it's really helpful if there's a written script that is shared with every classroom so that all the children and, or teens get the same information because some teachers are more comfortable. Um, in sharing um, information about grief and others are not. The things that I would strongly recommend that you not do is uh, announce it over the PA system um, or to have an assembly where all the kids get together and then you report that or share that information. In either of those situations, you don't have the opportunity to be aware of any child or teen that is having a challenge or, or um, is struggling, um, where in the small group, you have the ability to see how the people re- respond to the news. Thinking about those
0: smaller groups, smaller coming togethers, and I know a lot of teachers have said it's been helpful to have, like you said, the script and then to have another adult in the room just to help. Maybe one kid needs to step out and talk with someone or the teacher has a lot of emotion that comes up and needs to hand it off to somebody else. So um, once they have that information, um, Um, Thinking about making it
1: clear, concise, accurate information that's truthful. Um, And then, then when you have that conversation, you also want to help the kids to understand what may be coming up for them. Um, how different kids react and respond so there are going to be some kids who are going to say okay fine let's get back to school let's get back to work and there's going to be others that say I just can't even think about this right now I just need um, some time and some space to process what I've just heard so every student is going to have a little bit of a different reaction or response and it's tricky for the school administrator to figure out how best to put that plan into place.
0: Mm-hmm. And remembering that school is the place for education and for you know getting things done in that way and recognizing that at least for a day or two, a lot of the regular schedule might get disrupted. Depending a lot on the size of the school, the person it was who died, not that there's more importance or less importance for who died, but there may be more kids who are affected by the death. Um, and I know there's some schools where, you know, they went back to class that first day and made um, certain rooms or areas in the school available for kids who were having a hard time. And then there were certain schools where just everything was different for a couple of days in the whole school community just had a break and we're milling about in the halls or gathering in the cafeteria those different kinds of things so I think as an administrator being able to be flexible about that of figuring out what what you're seeing from the kids and what they're needing
1: and asking um, I, I was at uh, one school when um, after a death and this one particular student was really challenged by what to do for her grief and you know um, when I walked in she said I'm having trouble and I said so have you thought about it? and she said I've already tried drawing the pictures I already <laughs> tried screaming in the pill I already tried all the things that people had suggested that she do and I said so what do you think would be helpful for you and she said I just need to scream and I said where could we do that And she said, out the far end of the field, outside, because I don't want to scream in the school. And so she said, can I bring a friend? And I said, sure, let's go. And so we went out into the field, the far corner of the field, and the two girls held hands, jumped up and down, and screamed at the top of their lungs, screamed and screamed and screamed. And then they said, okay, that's exactly what I needed to do. They went back into the school, and then they were really helpful and supportive Mm. of the other kids in the the safe room. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we forget that kids might have a plan or an idea of what might be helpful for them, and if we just ask them instead of decide that this is what they should do, that might be helpful.
0: Right, so beginning by offering some suggestions and then being open to the fact that that might not work for every kid and that everyone's going to be so different and unique in their grief. Uh, You know, and I think about the idea of the safe room, and I know I've gone out a couple of times when a school has had a tragedy and been in the safe room and not very many kids come. So what I've heard from other schools where kids were accessing that help seems to be to set up a couple different places around the school and maybe not even call it a safe room. I don't know. That might be really balking at tradition nope. here, but <laughs> but saying like, there's going to be people at the counseling office. There's going to be people in the um, library, the gym, and the library. Just some communal places because it seems like more than anything, students like to just come together and be able to talk and and share stories and just be with one another. And so, providing a few different areas for that with enough adults to kind of keep track of what's going on for kids. Yeah, I think that's excellent. The other thing I feel like I hear a lot from schools is how do we deal with the social media aspect? And I, I just was thinking when, they, when you have that initial sharing of the news with kids, to just acknowledge that many kids will take to social media and to encourage kids to be aware of doing that in a way that is increasing kindness and compassion and decreasing blame and accusations. Have you had some experiences with that? Absolutely. In fact, one of the
1: high schools that I went out to, the student said, I found out on social media. Um, and he said, I really wished that I hadn't have found out that way. And then once once that happened, we just became close together as, as a group. They were able to connect and share stories. So I think that that's a helpful thing. Um, but as you said, we want to make sure that you're not getting into a situation where there's um, any kind of fault
0: finding or blaming. And one of the things I hear come up quite a bit, mostly middle school, high school, occasionally elementary school, is this why are those kids sad? They weren't close with the person who died. That person was my best friend, and there seems to be this kind of competition about the grief. So I always think through of you know helping kids understand that somebody dies in your school community, and it might be you're feeling really affected because you were close with that person, or maybe you're feeling affected because it's another student, and it helped you start thinking about how you could die or one of your close friends could die. Or you have a lot of kids in school who have had experiences with grief and loss and this death is now bringing that up for them. So helping teachers and counseling staff and administrators and even parents and caregivers understand that. So if kids start having that come up, they can talk with them about it. Exactly,
1: and I've I've oftentimes been in the safe room, the, the, the room where the kids come. And they didn't really even know the student who died, but they open up and tell their story. That opportunity to say, here's a place where I can talk about death with somebody who is caring even though it's not about this particular person who died.
0: And being able to acknowledge that the kids who were really close to the student or the teacher who died to say we understand that you had a special, you had a different kind of relationship with this person and it's hard to see other people being affected because it feels like it's taking away from your friendship. But those two things can exist at the same time. So we've already sort of uh, gone a little bit into the first days back at school when we talked about setting up different areas for kids. What are some other things that it's helpful to just be aware of as you come back to that first two or three days to school?
1: I I think that one of the things that that, um, teachers need to, to be flexible. Grief is so um, fluid. Um, after the first or second day, you probably want to get back into the routine, and having that consistency and that um, continuity really is helpful for, for many, many students, and for the teachers as well, to say, okay, guys, we're going to get back. We're going to have a regular c- class schedule um, as we normally do, and if... There is um, a student or students who are having a particularly challenging period that they can have some flexibility about maybe leaving the classroom mm-hmm. um, for those first several days. So having the consistent routine for the majority of the kids, but be flexible and aware that other, other students might need um, something different.
0: And teachers too. And teachers too. I think too. that's what gets, you know, the teachers are working so hard to be there for the kids and to kind of keep things together and to be really aware of over the first week or two weeks, you know, maybe they get through the first couple of days to recognize that a lot of the teachers are going to need a day off or they're going to need a half a day off or they're going to need someone who's going to take over their classroom for a couple of periods.
1: That's one of the pieces that I think is an important thing to remember is to have a morning and an afternoon check-in with the teachers. So in the morning just kind of check in say how are you doing, how are you today, you know anything that you need, anything that I can help you with and then at the end of the day how did the day go? What do you need? How can I support you? The thing that I think is, is the most surprising for teachers is that um, grief oftentimes comes up at, at unscheduled times. Right. So we're teaching math, and all of a sudden, for some reason, you get, you, the teacher might get you know, uh, overwhelmed with grief, and to be able to say, hang on, guys, I'm going to get somebody else in here and, and have that opportunity or the availability to take a break unplanned because grief doesn't come on a planful way. And, and I think that that's really important to acknowledge for teachers so that they know that this may happen and that's normal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. If or it's that just happens.
0: so hard because school days are scheduled down to the last second and everything is planned out. And so such a change for teachers and schools in general to have to bring in some of that flexibility. Exactly. Making sure that there's opportunities for kids in these first couple days back that uh, are more than just having a chance to come together and talk. Because as we know, kids and teens and adults grieve in a lot of different ways. So schools that offer physical activity. So maybe it's open gym time for two hours in the middle of the day where if you want to go in, you can shoot some hoops or play some, whatever the hockey game is you can play in the gym. (laughs) Something physical available. And then maybe some creative art expression. Maybe there's big pieces of paper up on a couple of the walls in the hallway or you pull out some sidewalk chalk if it's nice outside. Kids who like to write. So maybe they do uh, like a memory chain and there's a bunch of strips of paper in a certain room where kids can write memories or messages to the person who died. And they staple them together like you would as, at the holiday. Are there other things you can think of?
1: I think that, that we see it a lot where there is like a place where people want to have bring memories. Mm. So maybe in a high school, it's the student's locker. And that's where people bring notes and hang you know, flowers and put teddy bears and stuff. And again, asking them, mm-hmm. what do you think would be helpful? The one thing that I that I think is really important, however, is for the administrator to set the time and be mm-hmm. very open about for how long they will be there so that they don't get surprised that all of a sudden the things are gone. Um, in elementary schools, oftentimes uh, it's the, the, the student's desk. Some of the schools I've, I've seen put a little journal on the desk the student and every student has the opportunity to sit at that student's desk if they want to and write a little note and to say at the end of this week or you know tomorrow the desk is going to be gone so preparing letting them know what's going to happen with those things so maybe there is a box in the library if you want to look through stuff that's there or you give it to the family um, or the uh, best friend group as long as it's clear that there is a time frame, and what are you going to do with the
0: stuff mm-hmm. when it comes down? So they're not angry or disappointed with you. So I feel like we've covered a couple of the other five things as we've been talking. So we got our first days back at school. We have sharing the news. And we talked a little bit about memorial activities, but from like a temporary memorial activity of having a table, maybe with a photo and a journal. And then the other thing schools seem to really struggle is, do we have a memorial service? Do we not have a memorial service? And then do we plant trees? Do we hang plaques? What are your thoughts about So one of the things that, that we talked about at
1: the beginning is that it's important that you have a plan. So in our school, this is what we do. So in your school maybe you do at memorial services and you open it to the community because you're a small community and it's the largest place and that's the only place for a gathering. Um, some schools say we don't have any memorials, we're not going to have any memorial services here and so any memorial service that happens would be off-site. There's all kinds of ways that um, people have done activities maybe. It's a candle lighting vigil um, and that certainly is a popular one. So there's lots of different ways to do that. In terms of the planting of things, a couple of issues to think about in terms of making that decision. One is that what do you do if the tree dies? Um, how do you handle that situation? So I always say, if you're going to plant, plant a bunch of things. So if one or two of them die, it's not so the tragic. Tree. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, the tree died. <laughs> the second is, um, I, I've heard this from a couple of places where they've planted trees whenever someone in their community has died. And the, the students say, oh yeah, it's the death grove out there. Oh. <laughs> you know. And so for the teens, it's not a helpful thing. But for the adults, I thought it was great. In some schools, they'll pull together Five or six of the kids that are kind of leaders in in the in in the school, and say, "Can you guys kind of talk with the other kids? Come back, and then we'll make a plan for what we want to do." So, be sure to have a plan in place about what you want to do, and then follow that plan with every student, no matter what kind of death it was, mm-hmm. no matter who it was. So, if it's the it was the football
0: superstar that everybody knew
1: um, or it was the kid that everybody didn't like because he was Mm -hmm. kind of a nerdy guy Mm -hmm. you got to do the same thing for everyone Mm -hmm. so that's a piece of a message that's
0: really important right and recognizing that anything you do is setting a precedent and I know for a lot of schools if they plant something or they dedicate a bench and then what happens if 10 years from now the school expands and they need that space or they re uh the school moves. the school moves. There's a lot of things that can be challenging about those more permanent memorials, and so trying to think of what's something that we could standardize as a temporary memorial can be really helpful. One of the
1: the, the things that, that I've seen is that you do a, some kind of like of a scholarship fund, maybe. Um, or um, donating books to the library, and they, they have a little plaque mm. in the front of each of the book that says this book was donated in honor or in memory of. So, you know, there's things that, that you can do that's helpful to the school.
0: other thing that can really come up is looking for the kids who need extra help, right? So identifying any kids that might be at risk, and sometimes those are going to be the kids that are really close with the person who died, but oftentimes it's going to be kids who maybe weren't connected but have their own histories of grief or other um vulnerabilities to emotional distress. Uh, Do you have suggestions for counselors and teachers of trying to identify those kids that are at risk? I think um, watching. and
1: having the teachers be aware of some of the issues that are concerned, so kind of some warning signs. Um, if you see the students doing these kinds of things, you might want to be a w- more aware, more um, concerned about this student. Um, there th- there could be things like uh, missing school, not getting homework done, maybe being a pretty good student and all of a sudden having failing grades, drifting off <laughs> during during class, uh, maybe becoming more oppositional, uh, maybe getting into fights. So there are things that... that may be very different for the student. It may be things that that were kind of on the edge but have accelerated or um, exaggerated um, since the death. So those are things that we ask the teachers to pay attention to um, and to refer them to the school counselor. Mm -hmm. um, If they have concerns and they have the school counselor doing a better assessment of what's going on, maybe talking with the family.
0: And it reminds me of when you mentioned having teachers come together for a little while at the beginning and the end of each day. Those are great times for the check-in of like, hey, I was realizing that um, Ronnie was really checked out during all of math class today. Or other teachers seeing that with him. Or, oh, no, he was doing great in the morning. And so just being able to keep a little bit more of a, um, an eye on what's happening for right. certain kids. Right. So then we're looking at just our additional support. Both in the short term and the long term, and when I when I think about the short term, you know, you're here, you are, you're the school administrator, you're in charge of this huge thing. It's really big and overwhelming. And where else can you turn for some help? And I know we get contacted by a lot of schools who would like us to come out and help, maybe do a meeting with the teachers, do a meeting with the parents, meet with um, some of the kids who are really most affected. So if you're an administrator out there, you might want to look for what's your local grief support program if there's one nearby. In some communities there's um, counselors
1: that maybe are better in terms of dealing with grief and loss. Um, And so if you don't have a a center or a group that, that is in your community, um, reaching out to those counselors, um, maybe having a list of those ahead of time, so that when the death does occur, you know, you don't have to be searching for them mm-hmm. at that point. You mm-hmm. have a, a list that's available. Um, sometimes hospice programs have social workers that um, can be of help, even though it wasn't necessarily a, a, a illness, death, or that or a hospice-related experience, the hospice... Uh, social workers oftentimes have the experience to deal with that as well if you don't have other resources in your community. Mm-hmm.
0: So don't be afraid to ask for help is the message with that one. And then thinking about really important dates that might create um, more emotional intensity for students. So you know, you've got the birthday of the person who died, the anniversary of the death. Um, but then graduation, but also activities and sports, things connected to that that are related to the person who died. And, and what I've found is it's the, mm-hmm. the first time they have a track meet,
1: and this guy was the track star. The first time there's the dance. The first time there's the choir. Kids anticipate is, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen when we have our first? And that anticipation is really more challenging oftentimes than the event itself. But being able to prepare and be aware, even s- support kids ahead of time, saying it out loud. I know that on Friday it's going to be the first track meet and Johnny's not going to be there. So it may bring up some issues for some of you. Um, Let's talk about that if you have issues around that.
0: Yeah, or what would you like to do? Is there something we can do as a team to acknowledge that or as the, you know, the theater department gets together and it's the first production since the drama teacher died? Having that conversation is so helpful and modeling for the kids to like you said have that awareness. So we've got so our five things, right? We've got how to deliver the news, supporting kids that might be at risk. We have our additional supports, what kind of memorial activities might be happening, and continuing to check in with students and teachers that are affected and it might not be the ones that you most expect. And I think the one thing that I would say that is
1: usually the most surprising for administrators is that it just doesn't end at the end of a week or the end of the month, that the entire school year, is going to be impacted in one way or another by this death and just not to be surprised by that but to be proactive in planning for that.
0: Right, because you've got individual students integrating the loss, you have teachers integrating the loss, but you have your entire school community working together to integrate something that was so heartbreaking and and difficult.
1: And oftentimes it's the first time for many of them, probably the majority of them, to have experienced a death and so it's, it's all new territory, and so they're all maneuvering together and trying to figure out how to best get through this journey um, in, in a way that's the most positive mm-hmm. for
0: everybody. Well, thank you, Joan, for joining us today to talk about this. It's obviously quite a big topic because most of our episodes are 20 minutes, and I'm realizing we're keeping you uh, listeners tuned in for a lot longer than that today. So um, stay tuned for future episodes where we talk more about how parents and caregivers can support teens um, or other students who are struggling in school and uh, more specific tips for teachers uh, of how to help facilitate kids in their classrooms. So thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the Dear Dougie podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us and listen to past episodes, you can find us at Dougie.org, that's D-O-U-G-Y, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter. And we really want to make sure we're talking about what matters to you when it comes to grief. So if you have ideas, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, you can send them our way at help at Dougie.org. We'll hope you'll join us again next time.